What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Locatora Radio. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Muñoz and Diosa Fem. Hola, hola, locamores. Welcome back to Locatora Radio. Welcome back, welcome back. This is Mala. And this is Diosa. And we are Las Locatoras of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella coming to you once again from Radio Espacio in Boyle Heights. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella archiving the legacies, geniuses, and brilliance of women and femmes of color. Woo! Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. We have a really, really, really exciting episode for everybody. This capitulo, like, we're dying. Yes. Our guest, our interview, like, we're screaming internally, externally. So excited. Uh. Last time on Locatora Radio, we actually interviewed Jacqueline Priego of the Pink Slipped web series, which follows the lives of three best friends navigating their careers while coming to terms that they are greater than the sum of their stifling job, self-sabotage, and cultural stereotypes. And that was a really fun episode. I can our relate last, to that. Our last capitulo, right? <laughs> 
can relate. Yes. Honestly. Honestly. Um, yeah, that was that was a short little capítulo that we did for y'all. Jacqueline was actually in the LA area. She's also Chicago based, like yes. our guest that like we our are guest. gonna have. Oh, so excited. Yes. Okay, yes. so we actually just have one quick announcement before we get into Oye Locas. Right, so we have another event, an important one. A, a big, big one. one. A big one. Maybe our biggest yet. Maybe our biggest Maybe. yet. Coming up, save the date, November 16th. It will take place in downtown LA. So that's a Friday, a yes. Friday night. Mark your calendars. Mark your calendars. Get Make yourself available. Get your boo ready. Get your homegirls. Yeah, listas. Que An outfit. Thin. Yeah. An Start outfit. the shopping now. A cute one. Right. You honestly. already know. You already know what to expect. You know you have to show out. Little hints, little hints. Little hint, baby hint. Is that it is, it will be our two-year yes. locaversary. Yes, it will. So just planting that seed. Be prepared. Keep that in mind. Emotionally prepared, mentally prepared. Honestly. More information, TBA. 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 We are not announcing quite yet. No. But that is, we're just going to plant that little seed, that little idea there. All right. In the meantime. In the meantime, we are going to answer some listener questions via Oye Locas. Come here. Oye Locas. My favorite segment. Oh, not yet. My favorite (laughs) segment. Right. All right. So, what do you all want to know about? So, y'all asked a lot of questions on the IG post, which we appreciate so yes, much. thank you. We love the questions. Because Good questions. we have, like, so many to answer now for the next few capítulos, mm-hmm, so thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Um, this first question is, did you always want to start a podcast? Do you plan on expanding the podcast? I'm praying they give you ladies a show. <laughs> thank you for your prayers, first of all. Thank you so much for those thank prayers, you. girl. Thank, thank you. you. Let us put that out into the universe. Yes. Y a ver qué pasa. We're manifesting. And I'm just going to say that this is not the first time a right. locamor, a listener, a follower, has said something about us having a show. Right, right. Which I think is fascinating. I think that it is very fascinating and also very exciting. Very so exciting. let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. You never know. You never know. Anything is possible. Right. I mean, and to say that we always wanted to start a podcast, I would say no. No. I mean, we both went to undergrad, right? And we have our, like our bachelor's in said degrees yeah and then we both worked in the nonprofit sector yeah and now we're both out of the nonprofit sector right and then the podcast kind of just came along the way like uh right wanting to do something create something do something different do something new and also like take our online friendship into like an in real life friendship Absolutely. Like we, neither one of us have studied like journalism or communications no. or, you know, you can study film, radio and television and mm-hmm. we didn't. We did not. We Everything just, has been DIY. It's all DIY. That's so how we sometimes like, like when there's glitches, when something doesn't upload correctly or like it's maybe, maybe it sounds too loud or maybe it sounds right. too low. Like that is why we We're are learning. completely DIY and we love your support. We love your, the patience. Yes. Thank you for rocking with us. We love that y'all keep coming back. We do. Yeah. We appreciate so, it. Yeah. If you like, if you're ever like, damn, that sounded kind of weird. That's why. That's why. But you know, our listeners are really helpful because whenever there's audio issues, they'll be the first ones to tell yes. us. They'll be like, Hey, by the way. And I'm like, Oh fuck. And then I freak out and I have to go do damage control. And I get, it honestly really stresses me out whenever there's like, cause a, we're at work. Yeah. By the time. Right. I'm at work and I'm like, Oh my God, people are listening and nah. they're not, they can't like finish the episode. Sound I get, quality. Nah. It, yeah. It honestly really stresses me out 
Um, also, like, I am, I mean, y'all probably know this. I'm a little bit more the organized one on the show. Yes. Like, in terms of, like, let's get the, let's get our, our capitulo guidelines. Yes, keeps us on schedule. I keep us on schedule. I, like, try my best to always have the capitulos out on a Monday. That's not always the case. Shit happens. But, like, that really is my, like, goal is that there's, like, a nice structure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um podcasting you know for me too like podcasting wasn't really on my radar at all until Diosa suggested we no, start a podcast. No, wasn't even listening to podcasts. I barely started listening to podcasts like this month. I hate you. <laughs> like literally it's this on, month. It's honestly very true. <laughs> like, no. Diosa even made the comment like yesterday she's yeah. like I love how you listen to podcasts Yeah now. like all of a sudden this bitch <laughs> two years two later. Two years later. <laughs> well it's kind of like I like to remain I'm like I don't want to I don't want too many other influences. No no no. I want to remain a original you know? absolutely well that was my that was i mean if this is i mean i don't know the person that has asked this question but like if you've listened to the podcast for a while or if you've read any of our articles or interviews the the inspo behind the podcast was actually another podcast like i was listening to radio menea mm-hmm. shout outs mm-hmm. and they're a latinx music podcast mm-hmm. and that was actually my first introduction to latinx podcast and um i was like mala i want to start a podcast right i would love it if you could do it with me i want you to be my co-host and really the idea just took off from there we had no idea what the content was going to be like when the idea was first talked about until so we had our first sit down at la monarca, at la monarca and we Mariachi mapped Plaza. out everything our name like and then we kept it a secret for like three months even from the mommies like nobody hard. knew it was really hard nobody knew what we were doing um, and that's just always something that we personally recommend. Like, keep it on the low until you're ready to actually deliver. Yes. Like, until you can put your capitulos out, until you have your logo, until you've had your photo shoot. And that's just, for us, that's uh, that's our brand. Yeah. Like, we didn't want to tell everybody, tell our friends, and then what if, like, it just didn't work out? And then we didn't do it. What if we never did it? Yeah. Um, Issa Rae had this tweet the other day that I liked, um, and she said she's like 50% speak it into existence, 50% shut the fuck up, don't don't jinx it. Right. So it's kind of that balance. That's my like, motto. Manifesting is real, you know, like manifesting is real, but I think on some level too, it's like, let me actually do the work first mm-hmm. so I have something to show you yeah first and I, I think that that is something that we hold very true to the to locatora to the podcast Absolutely. because a lot of stuff happens that we can't share uh, and like it, right now it makes it like really <laughs> difficult but at the same time it's same thing like like what I just said like what if we were to tell y'all oh we're gonna do this and then it never happens and then, never happened, then, and then you're waiting for it or you're disappointed yeah. or you know what I mean and what a waste of energy right so like why why would we set us set ourselves yeah. up for that like disappointment ourselves yeah you know I will say too like going back to like did we always want to start a podcast I did have an interest in radio like for a long time so like you did when I was in college uh, me and my friend Lorianne and I've talked about this before but me and my my homegirl Lorianne we had a radio show um at University College London UCL because we both studied abroad there together for a year and so we had like a year-long radio show and that was really fun because like we had a Twitter at the time and our friends who were still at Tufts in Massachusetts would like listen and tweet at us and call in so we had an international radio show and then when I came home when I came back to LA um, when I first met Gordita Applebaum when I first met Caro was here at Espacio 1839 because I was working on this anti-gentrification radio show called Puentes y Fuentes with 
Caro, with Gordita Applebaum, and with um, Cecia, who is another homegirl who mm-hmm. does a lot of activism and stuff. And she does like like hoop dancing, like oh. when the hoops are like in, yeah. on fire, on fire. <laughs> like, like in flames. Uh, like in flames. So she's really cool. <laughs> so, um, so we had this Puentes y Fuentes, but I wasn't able to keep up with it. Like I just couldn't, so I stopped. But so, but this has been like the project that's. We've sustained. We've sustained. Yeah, I mean, and I will say that, like, during my undergrad, there was at UCSB, there was a radio station, a radio, yeah, radio station, and they would, like, have, like, little calls to do stuff, and it always piqued my interest, and I would always grab a flyer, but the anxiety was real for me. Oh my God. Did you know Melina Soto? She had a radio show at UCSB. No, I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. Name doesn't sound familiar. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But she went to UCSB. <laughs> oh. She was at the radio station. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there was there were these group of students actually that had this show called Radio Chicana and they would like talk about politics and me- oh. they would play music and stuff like that. Cute. And so that I was like, "Oh, okay, those girls are doing it, you know, but I never actually took the initiative and you know, that's for a lot of different reasons, but to like actually go and like let me intern here, let me like even just like come and check it out. Like I never really went that far. Um, but gr- living in LA, radio radio itself is a huge is. part of my life. Like yeah. we grew up on radio. We grew up on radio. I remember in the mornings, um, my parents listening to Spanish radio when they would like take me to school. Same with my grandparents. Like K Love on Thursdays, like their mini conciertos is like what my mom would listen to with her with my abuela uh-huh. when they would like cook on Thursdays. You know, it's like the tres canciones por un artista. So even now, like on Thursdays, I know it's mini concierto, you know, right. so I, I like tune into that. So radio, especially radio, Spanish radio has been a really big part of my life. 102.7 when it used to be Rick D's. Right, 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 like throwback. Like I would listen to Kiss that, FM. right? Uh-huh. And Kiss uh-huh. FM, and then Ryan Seacrest, and all that shit. So yep. that you era. know that era. So radio has been a very big part of my life, and yeah. like now I listen to ninety six point three a lot and oh, K Love. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and then everyone's, and then like my friends, their moms were listening to Guadalupe Radio. Yes, that was a, a very popular one. And I grew up every morning, and still in the mornings when I go to work, every day I listen um, to Big Boy. Mm. Big Boy. And I was listening to Big Boy when he was on Power 106, and now he's 92.3. I was going to ask, yeah. I remember him on Power 106. Yeah, I was, the oh, I remember when like, Big Boy was like, Big Boy. Yes, yes. Right? So he's. I've been with Big Boy for many, many years. So I love it. Yeah, so radio and L.A., I mean, we spend a lot of time sitting in traffic. Right. We're in our cars. And that's, I think, a one one component of like why radio is so successful yeah. here 100%. because we're, we're commuting all the time so Ooh. I think like you know one way or another like Mala and I were meant to be here we were meant yeah. to like be on this path and like yeah. found each other and this medium yeah you know good question it's a great question great question thank you for that question um, number two okay um, how do you confront your mom when she's in denial about your depression also why don't y'all fuck with the valley <laughs> okay, also good question which let's answer the depression one first okay so yes. we can end like on a lighter okay so first um, well I will say my mom my mom knows that I go to therapy right and, and she asks me like she knows my therapy days and she'll like ask me things here and there she herself needs therapy she does um and she, like, will not say that I have a mental illness. She'll be like, you don't have a mental illness. So I know that that's her denial. And mm-hmm. also, like, the stigma, especially, like, the in labeling. a Latinx household mm-hmm. of, like, no, you don't yeah. have anxiety and depression. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is awkward. Because I do. Right. Um, and even, like, I'll say, and I actually haven't confronted my family about this, but um, 
my so whenever I spiral like mentally my room is a disaster and we've talked about this like in our capitolo with like espacios y palacios where we talk about creating like your sanctuary and your safe space Mm -hmm. even if it's just your bedroom Mm -hmm. or if you share a bedroom your side of the bedroom and Mm -hmm. making that be your your place of sanctuary so I do my best to like first thing in the morning you make your bed right Mm -hmm. however when I'm can't get out of bed because I'm not feeling it right mm-hmm. I'm feeling like depressed sad. or anxious sad yeah. can't get out of bed so then what do you know I'm running late for work so mm-hmm. I'm not gonna make the bed and I'm not gonna clean my vanity after I do my makeup right. and I'm gonna put on a million Whatever. different things yeah. right maybe before I find something that kind of feels right so then what a, a tornado hit my room right like yeah. that's how it looks so my mom or my primo like they'll make comments about like oh how long is your room gonna stay clean like they'll make comments like that Uh, and I'm like I am not a messy person however my depression or my anxiety makes me not want to clean up you know yeah and that's super common I'm the exact same way and like uh, there's so many there's so many depressed people on Twitter like it's both great and terrible (laughs) right 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 because I I saw this I saw this meme where it's like you'll be like I'm like I want to die today and instead instead of someone being like are you okay they're like yes yes me too yes me too same bitch (laughs) <laughs> so I saw this one tweet along those lines where it was like, yeah, sex is great, but have you ever cleaned your room after being depressed for six oh, months? <laughs> like, yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, this is right. Honestly. I'm like, retweet. Retweet. Like, like <laughs> sends to all my depressed friends. all of my depressed friends. Um, I mean, this is not a part of the question, but I, I want to offer this tip. Something that's helped me is like tackling a tiny little corner, like little by little oh, like yeah. when you're really yeah. when your room is a disaster you're like where right. the fuck do I start so for me I'll start with like my little like dresser and I'll put stuff away and then I'll move on to the next area um, and then that makes and even if I just do that I'm like oh well that looks nice like that, that's my accomplishment no and it does make a difference it I really do feel does. better I feel so much better and what I try to do as much as possible is just clean little by little like yes. one thing a day yes I'm like okay while I'm in the shower I'm gonna scrub the shower I'm in here. I'm in here anyway. You know, I'm in front of the mirror. I'm just wipe it down real quick. So that's what I try to do um, just to make things not quite so overwhelming. But yeah, uh, with my mom and my depression, well, you know, it's interesting because I think that over the years as a family, we've and we have these conversations with each other. We've all talked to each other about how I think everyone would benefit from going to therapy. Oh, yes. You know, my parents both have their own very specific traumas and they're very um, upfront and honest about that and how they would benefit from seeing somebody, how my grandmother would benefit from seeing somebody. Everybody. Um, I mean, my parents, you know, I live with my family, so they saw me through, you know, working um, at peace over violence and the stress that that caused me. And like, they, they are very like aware that it like affected me. So I think, and the other thing is my, my sister also has struggled with depression and was also very open and upfront with it. It's very much like in the family. Mm -hmm. Um, we all have a little bit of it. And so I think that kind of when we, um, kind of retreat or need our alone time Mm -hmm. or disappear or unplug we kind of get it yeah and so my parents let me have my space because they know yeah because we all kind of have similar sort of behavioral patterns so we're all a little sad (laughs) and we but we're supportive of each other in it like my mom doesn't push me she's like very like gentle about it yeah and even my sister she can only handle so much like um human interaction right and everyone's like yeah Yvonne needs to just like yeah recharge same we're gonna leave Yvonne alone same it's I, cool I think because I, my mom and I are we tend to um 
we're when we're both home, we tend to be in like the public area, like the communal, the public area, the communal living <laughs> the space, public space. <laughs> the communal <laughs> living space, like the living room. But if I'm going, if I like get home, la salud y todo, and I go yeah. straight to my room, like. Right that's a sign like I need to unwind a little bit I need yep. to clean up I need to do something right and same with I her I need to do something I'm right I'm like but I cannot talk to you right now exactly. you know um I wanted to share I wanted to say uh, Mal I was thinking about this while you were speaking but I think sometimes it also takes like you being the one to talk about it oh yeah you know to get your family to like also be self-reflective because that I'm aware of my brothers don't have anxiety and depression that I'm aware of right mm-hmm. same with same with my my mother like mm-hmm. we don't know if that's the case right but that could be because they're not talking about it right that doesn't mean it's not there right same with lots of things in our latinx households right our latinx families just because we're not talking about it does it's not mean it's, it's not there, there you know very real so it's like i i think i shared this one time on an earlier episode but there was a family thing and I'm like oh I'm not going I have to go to therapy and my mom said oh she has a doctor's appointment (laughs) right and I was like you could say I have therapy it's therapy I literally say I have therapy right you know what I mean and sometimes that transparency and that honesty like will make our mothers uncomfortable they're not used to it no but I'm like used to it that's fine our moms are used to speaking in coded language oh totally and and just like Illusions yes. and symbolism. I'm going to allude to this. Suggestions. Right. Yeah. They have a hard time. My mother cannot confront me about things. Right. She would right. rather just ignore it. My mom is very passive aggressive. Sure, 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 sure. Right. Well, my, mom has her, my mom has her moments. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> my favorite still to this day is like my mom was trying to set me up with this guy that, that worked. My mom's a teacher. So there was like a teacher's aide there mm-hmm. who's like around my age. Oh, I know this story. Yes, this is a great story. <laughs> so my mom's like trying to like set me up with this guy and she wants me to like go volunteer at the school. So I just happened to run into him and be in of the course, same room as him course. for the entire day. And I'm like, mom, no, like he's not my type. I'm not interested. And my mom goes, well, well, what is your type? Down and out. <laughs> She's like, you could do worse. You have done worse. I'm like, thanks a lot, mom. Which leads us to the second part of this question, actually. Right, that's why a good we don't transition. fuck with the valley. Why don't y'all fuck with the valley? So first and foremost, let us one. be clear. Number one. We love our listeners that live in the valley. Hell yeah, we fuck with We have you worked heavy. with Councilwoman Nuri, Nuri Martinez, Martinez, who represents the valley. Yep. Um, we have gone to the Valley for... No, we have not gone to the Valley for events. However... However... We could go to the Valley for events, like if y'all invite us. Yeah. Or you have something we, you know... Invite come, us. Come, come to this, I don't know, book signing, whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Anyway, the reason we do not fuck with the Valley is because both of our exes live in the Valley. Yeah. That we... Well, Mala started dating hers before I did, yeah. but there was a time where we like were dating them at the exact same time, and we were commuting, y'all. And we were commuting long to the distance. valley, and I, I literally would tell people I was in a long distance <laughs> relationship, and people would get mad at me, and I'm like, it's true. I have to take five freeways to get to him. That is the fucking long distance. You know, it was just, it's just one of those things. Is like sometimes you can just burn a place out, you know? right? Right. If you go too often, well, you have bad memories. There. I think also we had no reason to be in the valley. Other. Than right. Those partners. Our families don't live in the valley. 
Valley. Also, shout out, there's a big Peruvian population in the San Fernando Truly. Valley. There True. is. But my friends and my family don't live in the Valley. Right. So it was for the It was literally exes. for the exes. So we had no, like, other reason no. to be there except for them. <laughs> so now that we're both, like, you know, broken up with them, have right. we gone, all that shit, right. Right? we're just, we have this ongoing joke of, like, ugh, uh, the, the Valley. valley. <laughs> but no shade to no our shade. listeners. We know that there's a lot we of Valley y'all. pride. Also, if you go to, like, the city hall in Pacoima, like, the rec right. center, there's a mural there with, like, all of the residents of Pacoima who have gone on to do, like, amazing things, like, you know, Danny <laughs> Trejo and stuff. I'm not from Pacoima, but my face is in the mural. Mila's a fucking astronaut. <laughs> in the mural here in Pacoima, I'm, like, a little astronaut because the artist, Ignacio Gomez, like, used me and my siblings and my family as models for his, like, public works for many, many years. I so, love it. I love it. That's why. You're still in the valley, bitch. I'm in the valley. My fucking face <laughs> is in the valley, so just saying. Oh, that's so funny. Also, Richie Valens was Richie from the Valens. Valley. A lot of people. Lots are from of the people. Valley. Yeah, no, no shade if no like shade. that's y'all. Only shade to our exes. Only shade to our exes. That's it. And now, like, unless you're booking us at CSUN, like, we have no reason to be, reason to, to be, be out, out there. there. Right. Except for sometimes we go see our friends at Belladonna. Oh, yeah, in the yeah, valley. Yeah. They're, okay, so okay, we do have a reason. We do have we that have reason. reason. There's that reason. Yeah, we yeah. do drive to the valley to see Lala. We, yes. Hey, Lala. We carpool. We carpool. Because, <laughs> again, so far. it's really far away. Anyway. It's like one way in, one way out. I know. It's terrible. Whenever Sorry. I would see <laughs> that, like, I don't even know what freeway Stress. it is. It's that like the one. 212, or it's that like some there. like yeah. freeway I've never seen. When I had to get on that, I was like, where the fuck <laughs> am I going? <laughs> like, anyway. anyway. Great questions. I think it's uh, time for a song break. It's time to get into a song break. Orcasteras peligrosas. Everybody, and we're back from our song break. Thank you so much for being here with us once again. We are absolutely fangirling out right now, like Dying. so excited, so like geeking out yes. to have our this next wonderful guest on the show. We have the amazing Mayra Del Valle, and before she comes onto the show, I want to read her bio so our listeners can get to know her if they don't already. So here it goes. Mayra Del Valle is the author of The University of Hip Hop and a winner of the 2016 Drinking Gourd Chapbook Poetry Prize from Northwestern University Press. She appeared on six, episode, six episodes of the HBO series Russell Simmons Presents Deaf Poetry and was a contributing writer and original cast member of the Tony Award winning Deaf Poetry Jam on Broadway. A gifted performer, Del Valle has read her work at venues all over the world, including the White House. Maida is here to talk to us about her illustrious career, really, yes. um, her journey with poetry and her new book, A South Side Girl's Guide to Love and Sex. So, Maida, welcome to Locatora Radio. Hi, it's 
so good to, to be on here with you guys and just listening and, and being on the show. I'm really excited. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you, you so much. And you're calling in from Chicago, correct? I am. Yes. Where the temperature just dropped. It's like fall is really here. Summer's over. I'm right. Stress. <laughs> and and you're, um, you've moved back home to Chicago. You're mm-hmm. a Chicago native. You spent some yes. time in LA. Can you tell us a little bit about Chicago and, and the role that Chicago has played in your poetry. I think a lot of us, um, we were introduced to your work on YouTube. Through Def Jam. Yeah. Def Watching Jam. the yeah. videos. And Chicago was a central figure and theme and source of inspiration in a lot of your poetry. Absolutely. So I was I was born and raised in Chicago and I, I left in 96 to go to school and uh, that took me to the East Coast for about eight years between school and then moving to New York where um, uh, you know, during those years of being in New York is when deaf poetry really kind of happened and, and that whole era of my career. Um, and then I went west. You know, I had a, an amazing opportunity with working on a project that was being produced by Norman Lear. And so I moved out to L.A. and I ended up living there for 12 years. Um, so I definitely consider... LA one of my home bases and and it's very near and dear to my heart and um, yeah I moved back to Chicago a year and a half ago January of 2017 you know my family's still here my parents are getting older and my father's experiencing some health issues and Mm -hmm. I just felt like it was time to you know make my way back and and be closer to family and, and, and be here and it's been an interesting transition, but um, I feel like I'm, I'm back home and I'm also relearning the city all over again. It's, it's so new and also so much the same. So, Yeah, right. In an ever-changing Chicago, you know, we, are listen- we have listeners in Chicago and our friends in Chicago. So hearing like the, the plight of gentrification also happening in Chicago, yes. and we can obviously relate Absolutely. here in L.A., um, I'm really interested to hear um, in your book, A Southside Girl's Guide to Love and Sex, you talk about diaspora and being a child of Puerto Rican immigrants. Can you talk about how living in these different, very Latino-centric cities um, like L.A., Chicago, and New York, like what has that, how has that contributed to your writing and even your identity as a Puerto Rican in the U.S.? You know, it's interesting because I, I grew up in uh, on the south side of Chicago, and so back in the day when my parents kind of first made their way here um, to Chicago, to the United States in the early 60s, there were a lot of Puerto Ricans on the south side, but mm. um, they kind of either all went back home or moved up north into what's now more recognized as the Puerto Rican neighborhood in Chicago, which is like Humble Park. So when I grew up on the south side, um, the particular neighborhood that I grew up in was um, mostly Polish and Lithuanian, Mm. and the demographics really shifted over time. So I actually grew up around a lot of Mexicans. So, um, you know, I can, I can, my my accent switches up really easy. So I (laughs) I got to speak Puerto Rican Spanish and I can, I can flip it to a Mexican accent really easily. But, um, so, you know, one of, one of the things that took me to New York and wanting to, to live in New York was being close to um, a large Puerto Rican community. You know, it was kind of like, as a Puerto Rican, having the New Rican Poetry Cafe there mm-hmm. was like a mecca, you know, it was like a, a mecca of, of identity. Um, and then moving to L.A. Was, was really driven by career, and it was, you know, really interesting to, to be in the city that was 
so diverse and, you know, a lot like Chicago in, in many ways and, and, and very different and it's, you know, and, um, and, and very unique in its, in its own way too. So um, I feel like, you know, they've all left an imprint on me. Chicago's home, obviously it's made the, the biggest, you know, impression and has had the biggest influence on my, on my work. Yeah. Um, you know, and like you said, it's, it's a rapidly changing city. We're undergoing a lot of gentrification right now. It's a very segregated city, you know. Chicago has a really racialized mm-hmm. history. And so um, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle, you know, racially. I'm like, you know, ambiguous. So sure, I'm, I'm right. not white. I'm not black. Um, and, you know, I'm not part of one of the, the biggest Latino populations in the city, which is probably, you know, the Mexican population mm-hmm. here. So I've kind of always been in this kind of middle place of, of being able to, to bridge different identities and communities and feeling like I see a lot around me. I'm able to observe and watch and take in a lot of information um, because I can kind of like be in this in-between liminal space of, of, of identity. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but absolutely. a little yeah. bit of my experience. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you know, your Puerto Rican uh, heritage, Chicago, all of these things are major influences in, in your work across your poems. Also, hip hop, yes, and the yes. four pillars of hip hop just show up so often in your your body yeah. of work as a whole. Yeah. And if you could talk to us a little bit about hip hop in your life and hip hop today, right? You know, hip hop yeah. today and like how we feel oh, and what's God. the landscape. So you know, hip hop, hip hop was like. The, the culture I chose, you know, right. it was it was it was a space I think for a lot of young people, you know, and especially here in Chicago, it was a space where you could be with like-minded people. It was a space where people of all races and all backgrounds and all religions could kind of come together and discover themselves and discover each other. So it was it provided the, probably one of the most integrated spaces racially mm. in Chicago, you know, right. um, yeah. growing up as a young person. So, uh, you know, it was, it was, um, it was a place where I could, I could discover myself and I could create my own identity. Right. Because mm. it felt like so much of, of growing up was either a lot was being dictated by the culture that I was growing up in, you know, being like Latina, first generation, Catholic. My parents were super old school, and so that dictated a lot of what I could and couldn't do. And then just also kind of growing up in the city where you were you were boxed into you know either being black or white. So um, so hip hop really gave me a space to to discover myself, to discover identity. It's um, you know I had I had mentors um, at around that age who who also like put me onto music and um, you know hip hop also became like a force for community organizing in my life because of an organization that. Um, that I was being mentored at called the Southwest Youth Collaborative um, on the southwest side of the city. And so a lot of the things that we organized for ourselves as young people were centered around hip-hop, you know, kind of helped to create this this program called the University of Hip-Hop. And our mentors were like, what do you guys want to do with this, you know, with this funding that we have? And, you know, what, what are you guys interested in? And we would be like, yeah, we want, we want to learn all about hip-hop. And so we created this this program that you know successfully went on for over 10 years called the University of Hip Hop and um, cool. kids would come and there were there were classes in graffiti there were breakdancing classes there were DJ classes there were MC classes and some of the most successful hip hop artists from all over the city you know would come and, and teach um, and so I remember you know I was there I was I was 16 17 years old 
while we were helping to, to create this program and, and um, it was it was a, a central theme to to my to my development as a writer, as an activist, um, and as a, as an artist. So and it still is, you know. I think um, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, my 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 tastes have, have varied, and and I'm and I'm I've grown up now. I, I listen to a lot of right. other stuff, but I still <laughs> find myself coming back to to hip hop, and definitely the the aesthetic of the culture is one that that always creeps its way into my work. Yeah, absolutely. And also the sort of blending. So one of my favorite poems is Elemental, where it's the combination (laughs) of like the dating with hip hop, right? And how the two have fused together. And I feel like the book, A Southside Girl's Guide to Love and Sex, probably does a lot of the same, right? Of the fusing of the two. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's definitely there. And, uh, you know, and it's like even if you... If, you know, if you look at the book, the first half of, of that book is, is very, it's almost like two completely different parts of my life. You know, there's one that's mm-hmm. kind of like the coming of age story of, of being in Chicago. And then the second half of that book is really, you know, the last couple of years that I spent in L.A. And, you know, the, the kind of the heartaches and the struggles of, of being in L.A. during um, those last couple of years and a lot of the lessons mm-hmm. that I learned. Yeah. And so it's it's still in there it's just there in a different way you know it's there um you know that the elements of it are still woven throughout that kind of more mature gaze you know that like that that experience of being a woman and not not the 16 year old girl growing up on the south side um but it's kind of it's a journey and so um it still finds its way into those poems and it's still in there and you can feel it and you know, I think definitely when I read, it's something that is in in my in my style of reading. It's always going to be there. Um, it's just there in a different way. You know. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think too. Like we were in high school. Yeah, we were on like scouring. <laughs> there's like this whole generation yeah. of like little Latinas. I feel like our generation. Like <laughs> yes. Like. I mean, I can can speak for myself. Like, I was, like, really into watching spoken word performances yeah. and watching the Def Jam, yeah. like, online, watch, just really being like, consumed on repeat. on repeat. Like, I remember Ovius, like, being one of the poets that I was really into. Yes. And, and Thea. And Thea. And, of course, Jen, you. Like, of course, <laughs> you, right? So to see, like, where y'all are at now and to, like, see the amazing work that y'all are continuing to do is just, like makes my little teenage girl heart like yeah. really happy yeah. like now as an adult <laughs> sure. like wow I get to interview and talk with Mayra del Valle so like sure. to say that we're fangirling awesome. is like to say the least <laughs> of what we're feeling truly, truly. yeah it's and such a trip That's yes a, it's so funny you say that it's so funny you say that people are like do you ever get recognized you know you're kind of famous yes. I'm like I am so not like I'm, I'm really not and then the other day I was like hanging out with a friend in the South Loop here in Chicago and went to this like random kind of out of the way little bar you know around the south loop where they were like playing trap music on a friday night and i'm like oh this is great this is perfect i just want to have a drink and post up in the corner and right. all of a sudden yes. i hear like this girl squeal oh. she goes, yeah, yeah. and i was like and i was tripping Love out it. it never happens it was just, it's still like the strangest most random thing Love it. that ever happens to me i'm like this 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 is hilarious to me. It's such a weird, random place for it. To <laughs> That's really funny. 
<laughs> yeah, I think though that's the beauty and the power of like the like YouTube and the internet. Right. Like people all over in all corners. As long as you had a Wi-Fi connection, you could watch my dad. The dial like, up or the dial up. Or the right? dial up. Yeah. We could connect. <laughs> we could connect with like AOL. other artists. Oh my God, yes. yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where can people buy your book, read your book, continue to follow your work? Um, how can folks continue to like, you know, see what my up to? So I have a website, which um, is probably um, in, in, in much need of being updated. Um, but, I'm, you know, definitely there. Information, booking information is available there. Yes. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram um, pretty often. Instagram is probably the platform that I, that I use most frequently. Um, so that's, that's available on there. And then the book is actually, if you're on the West Coast in the L.A. area, it's available at Diachuchas. Oh, okay. Um, so that's Fabulous. available on their website. It's available in the store. It's available on Amazon and also at the Northwestern University Press website. So all three of those places um, have it available. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Before you go, um, before we exit our interview, I wanted to ask you about um, music and performance. You know, in the song that we're going to exit uh, our Our outro, outro. our interview, um, you know, Mommy's Making... Mambo, like I, I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you about the role that music, um, not only hip hop yes. but also like salsa and son bomba. and bomba, yes. like what has that role played in not only your poetry yeah. writing but also your performance? Very musical. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I, 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 I grew up like doing musical theater. Super random fact about me. Yes, <laughs> love it, love it. Same, <laughs> same. Total musical theater the nerd. And, um, and I grew up with music in the house all of the time. Mm, like my right. mom was constantly singing. She was in a church choir. I was in, I was in the church choir when love I was it. a little girl. Um, and it was just. You know, it was like the lifeblood of our household. There was always music playing all yeah. of the time, all of the never, never a moment when there wasn't like a radio playing. And you know, something like this, this really beautiful detail that I always carry with me is this um, Puerto Rican radio station, all the way at one end of the AM dial that my mom used to listen to in the morning, every mm. morning from about eight to eleven o'clock. Um, and that was like that was like the the locatora that all the like. Puerto Ricans in Chicago, you know, Radio Club Familia is what it was called. And so people would shout each other out for birthdays and you could get news from Puerto Rico on there and all the music. Um, So this is, it was just like a soundtrack to my life, you know, Um, and I don't even know how it happened or when it happened or why it happened. It just organically made its way into the writing and became a part of the of the performance and you know and and of the poems that it still does i still yeah um i still sing in a lot of my poems there's still you know there's a a, a very kind of distinct kind of musicality to my poems that i really work mm. consciously on putting in there and um so yeah it's just it, it was part of my life so it makes sense that it would be part of the work yeah um in the most recent years you know i i started dancing and drumming um, with with a couple of groups in LA doing bomba music and I started writing bomba songs so I've like composed a couple of bomba songs that's as well. amazing um, so yeah. yeah it's kind of this thing that you know feeds my spirit in a really big way and, and it again it's like kind of like hip hop in the same way it just creeps its, creeps its way into the work 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I just am like continuously amazed by just everything that you do. I know you even, you know, like are a Reiki healer as well. In addition to. I I mean, it makes so much sense. Like, you you know, not only are you a healer, like with your art, but also like now to do Reiki, like Uh it just makes a lot of sense to us. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. And yeah. People are like, wait a minute, that's so weird and random. I'm it's like, not. No, like when it's, I look at all the things that I right. do, it's, just it's kind not of, random. <laughs> yeah, they they fit together somehow. You know, it's, yeah. it's just um, yeah, they're all they're all just part of part of the walk, part of the journey. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Maida, I can't thank you enough for just all the work that you have done and put out into the world and like the fact that we've been like kind of following you like little yeah. ducklings since like <laughs> 2008, you know, yes. I, we're just really grateful for you and thank you so much oh, for who you, you are. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so thank much. Thank you for everything that you're doing too. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. We got we got Maida the Vias blessings, yes, y'all. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So you exciting. got the madrina, yes, madrina blessing. Yes, la bendición. <laughs> okay. It. Well, thank you so much. What we're going to do is we are actually going to play our outro. We're going to play um, Maida's Mommy's Making Mambo. And this is actually uh, her Def Jam yeah. performance oh and gosh. rendition. Yes. So musical, <laughs> Throwback. so beautiful throwback what year was this when you were when you performed oh mommy's making mambo on def jam wow 2000 <laughs> and three wow four maybe yeah this is a throwback yeah. for sure oh and can, throwback. I, can i just cow, say the other reason we loved watching you it just made my heart <laughs> the time she flies oh, I'm really that old <laughs> No, but um, I also just want to put this out there because at Locatora, we're all about looks and aesthetics. And you served incredible looks and aesthetics every episode of Def Jam. Like, we were definitely (laughs) watching for the outfits as well. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, thank you again, Maida. As always. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. And as always, Luca Amores, you know now where to find Maida. We're going to post her information on our Instagram as well. Um, You can listen in on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Audio Boom and SoundCloud. Yes, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. A nice one, please, if you feel so inclined to do so. Thank you so much. And this is Mommy's. Thank you. Thank you, Maida. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This is Mommy's Making Mambo by Maida del Valle. Besitos. Besitos. Ah, besitos. in her presence. It was there in my mother's kitchen that I learned more than just 
how to cook it is where I learned the essence of rhythm and power. I learned to dance in the midst of clanging clave pots and wooden mortars and pestles. She would say to me, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach and your hips. So you better learn how to cook, mija. She gave me the secret recipe for a ritmo. Two and a half cups of caleras, a pound of gyrating pelvis, a pinch of purse slips, a tablespoon of shaking shoulders, and a generous helping of combined and mixed and now I'm dancing the way my mother cooks slow sultry spicy sabrosa natural instinctively dripping sweet sweat like fresh leche de coco spinning as fast as piraguas melt in summertime stop side heat dancing with as much kick as cuchifrito macadí standing strong like a morning time bustelo steamy ass pasteles at Christmas blending my hip hop in my Traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 